0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's another edition of the 24 7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. My name is Blair Angulo. Welcome to another episode. Welcome to the month of October as we prepare you for week five of the college football season. We recently surpassed the 100 mark in terms of reviews on Apple Podcasts, so please, we're trying to make a push for 200. We're trying to get more five-star reviews. If you do so with your recruiting question, you've got a chance to have it answered. Next week, we're aiming to have a mailbag episode on this podcast. On this show, we will be catching up with Brian Doan. He's a national recruiting analyst covering the Northeast for 24-7 sports. He's going to be in Philadelphia, boots on the ground, talking to new Ole Miss commit Tysheem Johnson. He's a four-star safety who made his announcement to the Ole Miss Rebels. We will also be catching up with Greg Biggins. He's a national recruiting analyst for 24-7 sports to get the latest on the number one prospect in the 2021 class. Corey Foreman. He's a five star defensive ran from Corona Centennial in California. So stay tuned for that. But before we get to all that, let's begin with the kickoff four-star quarterback and USC Trojans commit Jake Garcia has put in a petition to be allowed to continue playing his senior season at Valdosta, Georgia. He transferred in from La Habra, California for his senior season after the CIF in the state of California had pushed back the season to next year, so Garcia aiming to early enroll at USC made the move across the country to play his senior season. Garcia has surpassed the 1,000 mark in terms of signatures. According to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Garcia's eligibility came in question last week after ESPN reported that Garcia's parents had separated, had dissolved their marriage for him to be able to meet those eligibility requirements following his transfer from California. So now Garcia's trying to find a way to get back on the field and play out his senior season before moving on to college. Let's bring in national recruiting analyst Greg Biggins now for our left coast look. We're going out to the West Coast. Greg, how are you doing?
1: Good, Blair. I'm doing good. How you
0: doing? Good, good. We you know, I just offered kind of the the premise of what Jake Garcia is going through the USC commit who moved to Georgia to play his senior season. What's your take on that whole situation?
1: I say let him play, Blair. You're probably too old for this, but remember the- bad news bears movie where they're in the houston astrodome and the coach gets out and he's chanting let them play let them play crying I lo- out i loud. love
0: that movie i love that movie, oh, I, the, Hollywood movie right? there were sequels actually, right there was two or three of them
1: you No, know, that might have been one of the in fact that was a sequel i don't know if that was the second or third one um because i saw the,
0: i also um, saw the remakes but they weren't as good
1: no no tanner running around the bases and you had kelly leak stag with the coach and I don't know why I remembered all this. I can't remember taking trash out, but I can remember Kelly Leak Tanner running <laughs> around the bases and the dad who was the coach of said Kelly Leak Channing, let them play. Dude, I, I love Jake, man. He's such a good kid. He's a quality kid. He's not hurting anybody for crying out loud. I mean, I, I joked off air with you. If anybody watched that presidential debate fiasco, There's a lot more things in this world going on that are way worse than Jake Garcia playing high school football for crying out loud, let the kid play. He's not hurting anybody. That's my take on it.
0: Right, and especially given the fact that he moved across the country to honestly get reps, right. And to prepare himself, to prepare himself for the next level, to prepare himself for that looming quarterback competition at USC. Uh, There's nothing malicious going on there. Um, You know, it's all, essentially it's red tape and it's uh, more hurdles than, than, than there should be. Right. It's just an obstacle. Um, And unfortunately he's been ruled ineligible and, but he is putting in a petition and hoping that he can, he can play on the topic of USC. I just
1: it. Did you sign it, Blair? Not uh, to leave. Not I to haven't.
0: Leave, I haven't, but I, I, I
1: did. So I'm hoping that you will. Actually, real time, Jake Garcia hit me up. I want to play in this game so bad this week. Thank you for your support. You have my support, Jake. That was real time, a real time action.
0: Okay, right well, Jake Garcia, friend of the podcast now, friend officially. of the
1: podcast. In fact, we should get Blair on the podcast. You should get Jake on the podcast. You're, you're Blair. I um, will,
0: I will start to Jake organize that. Uh, we will try to get him on the podcast to discuss this this very topic, and hopefully, we're discussing him getting back on the field, right?
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, good kid. Isn't that the American dream? Man, supporting these kids who are trying to just better their life lifting people up by the bootstraps and just helping them. And that's what we're trying to do here with, with Jake Garcia.
0: The thing with it too is that, you know, no one would, would I mean, this situation, it, it, it's, it's unfortunate, right? Because no one would want to have to go through this anyway. And, and obviously this, if everything had gone the way it should be this season, he'd be playing at La Habra High School right now. Right. And yep. and so it's it's all he's taken the necessary steps, like I said earlier, to get better, to take reps, to prepare himself for the future and, and what college football will bring to him. Um, so hopefully he, he gets to have that opportunity in, in Georgia on the topic of USC. He has a, a commit to the Trojans. Greg, there's going to be a a pretty big event coming up for the Trojans. It's a recruit-led gathering on the campus of USC in Los Angeles. Now, we had the Oklahoma Sooners and and their commits, five-star quarterback Caleb Williams, put together a Sooner Summit. LSU had a number of its commits, including quarterback Garrett Nussmeyer- come up with a a, an event as well Georgia had a number of prospects gather on campus now USC is is hoping to do the same
1: yeah you know I literally we talked about Jake and the other quarterback going to USC who's a, a great guy who I love as well Miller Moss is kind of the spear the spearheader is that even a word the spearheader he's spearheading it he's the Um, head
0: he's the headliner yeah yeah
1: you know just talked to ethan calvert a little bit ago and he said miller's is kind of done a phenomenal job as as that guy recruiting him as most quarterbacks are and i just texted miller as we speak and said dude we got to get a name for this you know again blair that was your idea sooner sooner summit was an awesome name it was catchy but uh Enough of that nonsense. Yeah, they're going to have some dudes this weekend. sounds like, you know, obviously Ethan Calvert, who's down to three. He cut Washington. Now he's down to UCLA, USC, and Utah. uh, Alphabetical order right there. Uh, He visited Utah unofficially kind of uh, under the radar a little bit I kind of casually said hey remember you said you wanted to do that he goes yeah I did it a month ago I was like dude good heads up. <laughs> so uh, you know he said he was, was out there and walked the campus with his mother and loved it obviously dead period so didn't meet with the coaches or see the facilities but loved it out there he said he liked the campus liked Salt Lake City a lot he knows the coaches really really well because uh, Utah was a finalist for both his two other brothers Joshua who's at Washington and then uh, Bo who's at UCLA and they did home visits with both all the brothers so Ethan knows uh you know coach Scally really well knows coach Whittingham both of them uh, both the Whittinghams and he has a great vibe and likes Utah and he, he said dude they always have huge D linemen up front and that makes it easy for linebackers to go run around and make plays and their development is key and then he said he visited USC two weeks ago again dead period visit so couldn't meet with anybody but I said he's been to USC a number of times, but never never really walked the campus before. Just kind of, you know, for football facilities or he went to a basketball game. He's been to the practice fields, but he's never actually walked the entire campus. So he was able to do that. And but he's gonna be back on on I I, I, I don't know if I want to say he's back on campus. He said the plan is to kind of meet uh, you know, for a breakfast, lunch with some of the guys kind of in, in Malibu, which for those who don't know, uh, outside the West Coast, Malibu, one of the most beautiful places in the world, uh, right there where Pepperdine University is. So I think the plan might be to maybe go there and, and then uh, I'm sure at some point they'll venture over to the USC campus. But yeah, some big names. Obviously, Ethan Calvert, uh, Corey Foreman's supposed to be there, Sierra Wright's supposed to be there. Obviously, a number of their committed players will be there. Uh, Miller Moss will be there, hopefully, with a name for this get together and uh what was yours trojan tussle or did we kind of laugh at that one I,
0: we laughed at that one my mine was fight on fiesta
1: i, I like that okay you know i te- i'm text i just texted miller and i said hey fight on fiesta so he hasn't gotten back to me yet he's not getting back to me as quickly as uh as jake so
0: and i could only see go, i could i could imagine miller handing out sombreros in in cardinal and gold right uh, uh, wouldn't would definitely that be awesome
1: that. he would do that that would be awesome and and i love it and you know there's Obviously, great Mexican food. I don't know if that's what they're going to eat, but shoot, you know, L.A. is kind of known for that, and I think it would be, you know, be a great time. So um, did you already mention – Michael Trigg visiting, or did do we skip over
0: that? We did not, and, and that's a great segue, Greg. You're a great you're great at podcasting, by the way. <laughs> so this is where we go inside the crystal ball with Greg Biggins because you put in a pick for the Trojans for four star tight end Michael Trigg who will be in Los Angeles for the fight on Fiesta.
1: Yeah, so props to your friend and mine, Steve Wilfong. Right, he was kind of the one who put out the first story on Trigg visiting, and then. uh and then from there, I'm like, wow, he's visiting. He reached out to a few people and found out, well, he's not the only one visiting. They're doing a little uh, fight on Fiesta. You know, we're going to call it that regardless of if the players call it's or hap- not.
0: It, it already happened. It's it's, oh. it's it's a fight on Fiesta.
1: <laughs> so Michael Trigg is visiting and he's not alone. But uh, yeah, I'm, I put in a crystal ball. He's going to decide on October 11th, which I'm pulling up my my maps here as we speak. So tomorrow, I don't know when this is going to air Blair, but tomorrow is going to be October 1st, the first day of October. So October 11th is going to be not this Sunday, but the following Sunday and talking to, uh, our, uh, our South regional slash national analyst, Andrew Ivins. And, you know, he talked to uh, Trigg recently, got a, got a nice little USC vibe from him as well. South Carolina also in the mix, LSU kind of hanging around. But, you know, it just kind of makes sense and something that, you know, you've been in this business for a long time. You kind of kind of read between the lines. You kind of see the signs. When a player sets a commitment date uh, nine out of ten times um, – Scratch that 99 out of 100 times, right? You got The kid knows where, he, where he's going, right? I, I will say maybe 99 is a, a little bit high, but 95 out of 100 times, if a kid sets a commit date, he has a very good idea where he's going. And if you know where you're going, you don't typically set an official trip to a school that you're not going to go to, you, why, especially across the country. This is Florida boy visiting California. Uh, you know, why waste your time and, and money and resources and to go visit the school when you kind of already have a good idea of what you're going to do. Now you could say, oh, you know, it's be different if it's official visits, but he's paying on his own dime for an unofficial. So kind of just kind of piecing it together. And, you know, USC people say they don't want really to use the tight end. I, I think they kind of see him more as a, as a hybrid. And, and the player um, who I think that they uh, are kind of maybe seeing him as is, is a Drake London right drake came in as a, as a big receiver who's probably similar size he's 6-3 maybe 6-4 he's 215 220 had a really good true freshman year yeah and Box a big year. time
0: basketball guy as well so as know, is from drake. A, yeah know, from a football standpoint you could make the the case that drake is is a bit raw and is still kind of scratching the surface of what he will be
1: i think drake is definitely only scratching the surface never had spring ball before and i think he's got a huge upside but Trigg, a similar frame, probably a little better athletically right now. Maybe not as physical as Drake. Drake's a, a real physical, tough dude. But I think they see him as a similar role. So, again, people would say, oh, you know, tight end, why would you go there? Again, it's it's a hybrid. You know, it's more of a pass-catching tight end. Antonio Gates, if you will. Kellen Winslow, uh, if you will. One of, one of those type of guys. So, uh, yeah, I, I did put a crystal ball in for Michael Trigg, for USC, and uh, it'd be a nice, you know, it'd be their second straight commit out of the state of Florida with Philip Riley, who uh, I think you mentioned it, or maybe you didn't. We talk off air so much, but I don't know what's on air and what's off air, but Philip Riley flipped Notre Dame to USC and they can go back to Florida uh, for another commitment if, if they do end up lining Trigg.
0: Yeah, we really like Philip Riley as well, a top 24-7 prospect, uh, a player who's originally from the, the Seattle area um, and, and had a really good start to the offseason in the seven-on-seven seven circuit, uh, started to see his recruitment blow up. Obviously, the pandemic shut things down and he wasn't able to take visits, liked what he saw from Notre Dame, uh, committed to them, but for Dante Williams to not give up on that recruitment and, and not give in to, I guess, the pressures of, of not being able to... To recruit him in person or not being able to go out and see him during the evaluation period or not even getting him on campus to, to chat in, in person. Um, I think it speaks to his recruiting pool and, and the defensive backs class that he's putting together, which, you know, he's trying to add right to that as well.
1: No, it's it's a seven-man class. Craig Navar is the safety coach, has also done a great job. So yeah, the game plan going into the year, going into the, to this rec- recruiting cycle was three safeties, three corners, and, then, and a nickel. Uh, the nickel... It does not count as one of those six it's a it's a full-time position on its own they USC plays a, a, with a nickel pretty much on almost every defensive down so it's it's three guys three guys and then a one Jalen Smith is the nickel they already have their three safeties with Anthony Beavers um Zemarion Gordon, Kalen Bullock they have two corners you already mentioned Riley they have Prophet Brown uh, who's the speed guy in the group Riley is a physical mean angry I love his style uh, plays with Jillian Simon for another friend of the program, Tracy Ford at FSP. And they would love to land Sierra Wright. Uh, I have a crystal ball in for Sierra to USC. Uh, he's hoping to announce at the All-American Bowl. And um, if, it, if it goes that long, uh, I, I think right now, USC is the team to beat. If he decides to, to pull the trigger a little bit earlier, I, I still think USC is the team to beat, simply because right now we're in the midst of a dead period. And, and yeah, he can take some unofficial dead period visits but just not the same feel or vibe you get with an official visit so uh, he has been to USC several times loves Dante Williams Is close with a lot of the kids in this recruiting class committed class so if they were able to land Sierra along with with the other six DBs that is a heck of a seven-man DB class player
0: and, and Greg before I let you go and and gather your margaritas and and your chips and salsa for this fiesta that, that's coming up I know a lot of listeners ears perked up when you mentioned Corey Foreman. And so the fact that he's going to be on USC's campus for this fiesta, uh, what, what does that mean for, for the likes of Georgia, LSU, uh, you know, these, these other schools, that the former Clemson commit that this five-star defensive lineman, the number one prospect in the 2021 class will be in Los Angeles for another look at the Trojans. How impactful do you think this could be for his decision?
1: First off, let me just make it clear. I will not be attending the final Fiesta. I don't want any other <laughs> uh, other colleges thinking I'm, what, what is this guy doing? Isn't he supposed to be impartial? Although there might be a few margaritas that, you know, my Laker this was a party. personal.
0: This These are personal Fiestas that we're throwing each other because we came <laughs> up with the name.
1: Uh, it is a Wednesday night, Lakers heat game one. I might be having a, a, a partaking a few of those. If kids are listening, virgin margaritas, because we want to set a good example. So, I have my crystal ball with Georgia still, Blair, on Corey Foreman. But honestly, if Sunday day was tomorrow, I actually think LSU was the team to beat. He was there this past weekend. And although the game didn't go well uh, against Mississippi State, KJ Costello kind of lit him up a little bit. Uh, but Blair, uh, Corey was out there. That was his second visit to LSU in the last month. And I think LSU is in a really good spot. I still think Georgia would be there. Powered a handicap. And I'd say his top three right now. Probably LSU won. And then I'd say Georgia. And then, I, again, I, I think USC. I've been kind of the one guy saying don't rule out USC. There's a lot of reasons why they're still in the mix there, not just because they're local, but he's, again, very close with a lot of players in the class. He likes the defensive staff. He, uh, his family would love to see him stay close to home. It's not a deal breaker, but I think it would be big uh, for them if he did stay close to home. And he's looking for development and, and a big stage to play on. And so right now, you know, I, they're, they're selling him that, hey, you know, we all know about how great the SEC is, but, you know, in next year's NFL draft, you know, two potential first rounders, Kavon Thibodeau, Drake Jackson, are, are out of the Pac-12. You can get the NFL out, out here as well. That's what they're selling him on. So uh, you don't have to leave to go to get drafted. We get guys drafted here as well. So, uh, yeah, LSU is kind of where I'm leaning as of right now. I'm not sure if we mentioned it ever on the air, but, you know, Corey has decided against graduating early He's going to go through and play his senior year, and he may not even make a decision until the later signing period, whether that be February or if they move the February period back. So there's a long way to go in this one. Oregon is still there. Clemson is still there. But handicapping it, I like LSU, but I still like USC, and I think Georgia is also right there as well.
0: It's going to be a fascinating recruitment, I think, leading all the way up to spring, probably, right, of of 2021.
1: Yeah. I mean, one of those where I kind of regret even putting a, a crystal ball in because I feel like that could change three or four times. And y- you know me, I hate – I don't want to be that guy who literally changes his crystal ball pick every other week. When I put it in for Georgia, I didn't think – I thought he was done taking visits. And, and I knew he was buzzing about Georgia. Like I've never seen him buzz before in my three years of talking with him. And then sure enough, two weeks later, he's at LSU. And then it's like, okay, now it's LSU. And I, honestly, so honestly, if I would have kept my crystal ball pick alone – and left it at USC, I probably would have waited and put it on LSU, which again, USC, shoot, you know, maybe I should have just left it there all along. But yeah, this is going to be a really fluid recruitment for sure.
0: All right, GB, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me, Blair. Always a pleasure.
0: All right, that is Greg Biggins. He's a national recruiting analyst for 24-7 Sports. You can follow him on Twitter, at Greg Biggins, for all the latest on Corey Foreman, for all the latest on the Bad News Bears, for the Fiestas. Keep it right here, 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. We are back on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. We heard from Greg Biggins, National Recruiting Analyst for 24-7 Sports, in the first segment. Now we're going to move to the opposite coast with Brian Doan. He's going to catch up with new Ole Miss commit Tysheem Johnson with an exclusive interview here with the Four Star Safety.
2: Blair, appreciate it. And we'll go to the
3: other side of the country now in Philadelphia with Tysheem Johnson from Newman-Garetti. Safety, four-star, number 18 safety in the 24-7 Sports Composite. And Tashim, not only your 18th birthday, but you are now an Ole Miss commit. Congratulations, and uh, a wild 18th birthday for those that weren't here.
4: But what's been the whole day like for you leading up to this? It's been a, to, with the projector. That wasn't the only miss cue we had to figure out if it was going to rain, if we was going to have to find a place inside, or was I going to come on time, what time to tell people to come. So it was just a... It was an up-and-down day, but at the end, it came out great.
3: No, and I think one of the things that is really cool about today is you really see the community. You do it on your youth football field where the Blackhawks played in Philadelphia, and it didn't run as smoothly as you wanted. As you, you mentioned there was a projector issue. Somebody had to go get a new projector, and it just shows, though, everybody hung around, a couple hundred people here, and the sense of community was really good through this whole process. What does that mean to you?
4: It means a lot, so it means, like, I know that old Miss is down south, so no matter where I go I have nerf Philly behind me.
3: So now we'll get to Ole Miss. A key part of your decision was Chris Partridge, the assistant coach who you've known from when he was at Michigan. Mm-hmm. What is your relationship like with him and, and your trust level? Why is it so high?
4: Um, he never he never tried to like get me talk to me into like any funny business or try to tell me just what I wanted to hear. He always kept it real. So once once he kept it real with me, I know like, he's not just trying to get me for his name. He actually really won me because I'm a great player. When
3: you look at Ole Miss's defense, and we know they're going to rebuild with Lane Kiffin there and the new staff there, what do you see from their defense on how you can fit in? I spoke to your coach, and you're going to be able to play a lot of different spots, whether
4: it's nickel, safety, come up, play corner. But how do you see your fit? Uh, I see me just wherever I'm at on defense, making a whole bunch of plays. Not only on defense, but in the return game also. So, looking forward to a big freshman year.
3: When you went down to Old Miss, what was it like there? And and I understand it's a pretty campus and it's a lot of fun to to walk around and everything. Why did you feel so at home? Um,
4: just because from the, from the from the mm, from about two or three weeks ago, my mind was kind of made up. So it was just like, let me just go down there to see, like, if any, if there's any issues or anything because it's in Mississippi. So I went down there, didn't really find any issues. I kind of liked it, liked how it looked, liked the people down there, so I just made it home.
3: Now, this is a podcast, so people can't see it, but you spend a good amount on some gear here. A lot of people wearing shirts, and, and that blue's a pretty blue. Yeah. Um, what do you just like in terms of playing in the SEC and, and representing a school like Ole Miss?
4: Um... Playing at SEC was like, it was like a dream come true, playing against the best competition, you know, it's in the hardest division, so all I know is if I go go down there, make a name for myself, then I can get to my first round draft pick.
3: Also, with Ole Miss, you know you're playing in the SEC, so you're going to face a lot of great receivers, a lot of great running backs you're going to have to come up and tackle as well. When you looked at this decision, how much was just playing the competition also part of it?
4: Uh, it, was a, it was a big part of it because one part, soon as the senior year, soon as the senior year started, actually, one of my coaches, um, Dwayne Thomas, told me that, said, honestly, Tashim, you're not going to get any better with like, at the high school level. There's no competition. So ever since then, he said, the only way you can get better if you get pushed every day, which I wasn't getting pushed at Newman because I was, like, the best player. So I know going to the SEC, I'm going to have to compete every day, compete every Saturday. So I was going to do nothing but bring the best out of me, and that's what I want to do.
3: I did my scouting report on you for our Ole Miss 24-7 sports site. Let's get you giving your own scouting report on
4: yourself, what you do well, what are some things you still need to work on? Uh well going to the sec i need to work on my man skills from not playing defense as much um i got great ball skills i just come naturally able to track the ball and stuff like that and make sure i keep my weight up so i'm able to tackle the um, running backs
3: now you mentioned what you have to do what do you do well do you think when people look at your game and i've known you since your freshman year you do it on offense you do it on defense you do it on special teams what will the old miss people love about your game
4: that uh, um, I can do everything. I, I won't just be in one spot. I could catch a pick, a touchdown. I could sack the quarterback. I could run a kick return back, so I'm going to be an all-around player for them.
3: Last thing, this was your 18th birthday. How do you top it on your 19th, 20th, or 21st?
4: From <laughs> um, 19th, is just... I guess it'll be regular. I'll be worried about the season. 20th, the same thing. And my 21st is, I'm going to be getting ready for the, the draft. So around that time, I know I better have the best season of my life so I could really go first round.
3: Tashim, appreciate it. The folks down at Ole Miss are going to absolutely love you because not only a great player, a great kid and a great leader, and we wish you all the success there.
4: Thank you.
2: Going to keep it in Philadelphia and now talk to. Well, if there's a football player around here, a youth player, high school guy, you need to know this guy, Albie Crosby, the head coach at Newman Garetti, Tashim Johnson's coach. Albie also knows everything in a recruiting game, so he really got to know Chris Partridge even before he was at Old Miss. And, Alby, we'll start off with when you look at Old Miss, what are they getting in a guy like Tashim who's just a dynamic athlete?
5: I think they're getting a young man who's very versatile. Uh, very humble um you're getting a young man who pretty much will do whatever you ask him to do without any regrets um doesn't never complain goes at 100 miles per hour is an amazing teammate um but he listens and he's not a know-it-all and um i think as a coach that's one of the things that you definitely appreciate especially when a young man is as talented as he is so um overly excited about
2: what he's what he's about to do. So you, you look at a kid like Tashim, who obviously everybody knows about the athletic ac- exploits, Arizona State, Ole Miss, you know, Alabama, LSU, Ohio State, all these schools would come in. But what I'm always intrigued about is this is a kid that was also looking at Stanford and talking mm-hmm. to him and getting to know him a little bit. He's a smart kid. What do you see from him maybe outside of football that you can maybe give some you know, direction on what kind of kid Ole Miss is getting
5: off the field? So... He did, I, I called him this one day and he didn't understand what it was but I, um, and I hope nobody takes offense to what I'm about to say but I called him Caesar from the Planet of the Apes Um, and the reason why I called him Caesar was he, he was a leader that moves quietly he doesn't have to tell people you know to do this to do that but people just tend to follow his lead and um, you know being a Planet of the Apes fan I kind of just saw it and I'm like damn that's that's, that's, that's Hashim, like how guys just gravitate around him. And that's what I think they're going to get as well.
2: Well, as somebody who grew up watching it, I think we just dated ourselves with <laughs> we that. Did, we did. <laughs> got a lot of other people looking at, at Google to figure out what's going on. Hey, the big thing with Tashim was, was he going to play safety, running back? I think he could be a slot guy too. I know that safety, if you look at it, it's probably the position he projects best with if you're talking about the NFL. What do you see – from him as a safety, and why is that the best move
5: for him going into college? I just think his instinct is really good. I think he's a student of the game. He understands alignments. Um, he'll understand depth. He'll understand, you know, where he needs to be on the football field and kind of work straight from that. He's never out of control, if that makes sense. So when you're looking at the last line of defense a lot of times or a guy that's got to play up in the box and they're comfortable, It makes you as a coach, as a defense, extremely comfortable. All
2: right. Then the last thing is, you know, before you were at newman Goretti, you were at IMITEP. Even before then, I think I met you when you were an assistant coach at West Catholic, sent David Williams the running back to South Carolina at the time. You've sent guys everywhere, whether it's Florida State, Baylor, Arizona State, Texas Tech, Tennessee, Oregon. you got guys all over the country that you've coached. When you look at a guy like Chris Partridge, who the old Miss fans are just getting to learn about, and you knew him from Michigan, and you probably knew him when he was at Primus Catholic in New Jersey, mm-hmm. the comfort level of you sending Tashim to play for, for someone like Chris? So
5: so the comfort level was he uh, gave a straight direction. He gave a straight direction. good big homie. Uh, I'll call you. Um, he gave a straight direction and a vision of what he wanted with Tashim. Um, most coaches would come in and they would say, hey, you know, we're, we like Tashim, man. We think he could be a running back. Chris Partridge kind of identified. It. it was like, hey, man, listen, on first down, on play one, we're going to have Tashim at safety. He'll be on the roof. On play seven, against this front here, he's going to be lined up at corner. Play 13, he'll be lined up as a nickel. Play 27, he'll be coming off the edge. And it was like, really? Really? and then he started talking about him in the return game and then uh he said he's so talented man I know coach Kiffin kind of fell in love with him as well but year one we'll just have him play defense but year two well he could walk around with me that's what Pe- that's what peppers did and I'll teach him how to be the running back as well and things of that matter and you know and get the information from the running back coach on what I should do with him as as well as he's playing safety so I think the whole thing was just having a vision, and that's what they had, and they put it out there, and and it was very clear, and we understood it. All
2: right, Albie, always appreciate the time. This is the guy to get to know a football fan across the country, get to know him because the chances are your school is going to be recruiting one of his kids. Albie Crosby from Newman-Garetti and Blair, we will send it back to you.
0: Thank you, Brian, an insightful interview with Taishim Johnson and his coach and obviously giving Ole Miss fans, SEC fans, a taste of what he's going to bring to Lane Kiffin's program. Remember, we're putting together another mailbag episode next week, so get your questions in. We've recently surpassed the 100 review mark on Apple Podcasts. Get your review in, put five stars, leave a recruiting question for it to be answered here on this show by one of our analysts at 247 Sports. Everyone, enjoy week five of the college football season. And thank you so much for listening to the 24 7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast.